kid who only ate white rice with ketchup on top. And I know this other kid who only eats candy, french fries, and I think I've seen him eat donuts. These are not my patients. If they were, I would do something about their restricted eating. These are just kids in my family and I don't want to like overstep the boundaries and criticize them. You may think your kid is a picky eater. And I would say cautious eating is more of a norm among toddlers than the kids who will eat absolutely anything. They're the ones that are not normal. I always say, if your kid eats more than 20 different foods, they aren't really picky. And there's a lot you can do at that point to broaden their palate. Today, I'm talking to Jennifer Anderson from Kids Eat In Color to find out if your child's eating patterns are really a problem, why picky eating happens, and what you can do about a picky eater. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. Does your kid only eat white food? Do they theatrically throw their veggies on the ground or just close their mouth when you try to give them anything green? The bright side is that grocery shopping is a lot easier when you only have to shop on two aisles. But we know as parents that eating a variety of foods is in our child's best interest. Plus, it's kind of embarrassing to go on playdates. We want to be that family that's like, oh yeah, sure, he'll eat anything. And then all the other parents are jealous. Picky eating is a really universal problem. And it's so common that there are registered dietitians who specialize in it. But that also means there are lots of techniques for addressing picky eating. Today, I'm talking to the expert that I look to for advice and I refer my patients to her Instagram. I'm talking to Jennifer Anderson. She's a registered dietitian specializing in picky eaters. She has a fabulous online course called Better Bites and a website with fantastic resources. How can we tell if a child is picky or if they're just being a normal toddler? Yeah, so I think it's tricky. And I, I always remind parents, your baby tripled in weight in the first year. Did your toddler? No, they didn't. They just don't need as much. They're going to grow a little bit in that second year. And that's why they don't need as much food. Now, if you have a child who is already showing the signs of being a picky eater before age one, that in my mind is a red flag. Did your baby eat everything? And now your toddler is down to five foods that they would eat. That's also a red flag. We have a picky eating screener on our website that actually helps parents determine, is this typical? Is this atypical eating? Do I need to worry? Do I need to not? And that can really be a helpful tool for parents where we're trying to say, okay, do you have a child who is just a typical toddler and some days they eat the apple and some days they don't eat the apple and yesterday they ate six bananas and then they don't eat bananas for two months. That is normal. That's normal behavior. Being choosy or cautious is normal for all humans. If you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to last week's episode where I talk about this. If you're concerned about picky eating, the best place to start is with your child's doctor. First, review the growth chart. If your child is not growing well, then it's really concerning and you're going to need some help. But if they've been on the same percentile for a long time, even if it's a really low percentile, you probably don't need to worry about them as long as their growth has been consistent. The other thing you can do is make a list of all the foods your child eats. And be aware, french fries and mashed potatoes, they count as different foods. 
because the texture is so different between the two, even though they're both made of potatoes. If you can list more than 40 to 50 foods that your child will eat, then you really don't have a picky eater. However, if your child's eating is causing you stress, no matter how many foods they eat, there are lots of strategies that can make eating easier. To us, we don't care what you call it. What I want to know is how your child is eating. Is that typical or is that atypical? And how do you feel about it? And more than anything else, and the longer I do this, the more I think, yeah, we need to know what's going on with the child. But if as a parent, it, let's say your child eats everything. They eat 60 foods, but you are extremely stressed at mealtime. That is very significant to me. That tells me that something's going on. Even though your child eats a lot of foods, something is going on there that needs some attention because I want parents to feel better just like I want kids to eat better, right? To me, they're, they're both equally important, but maybe the parent feeling better is even maybe more important just because it carries over to everything. So when I'm looking at a child to decide, you know, is this, what is, what does this mean? I'm going to always ask, how does this feel to you from that parent? Jennifer and I talked about several strategies and whether you identify your child as a picky eater or not, the first strategy is to pay attention to the way you talk. If you are my child and I say, oh, hey, this is, this is Lucy. She's a picky eater. Well, Lucy is going to assume she's a picky eater. I picked up my son from preschool a couple of years ago and a boy came up to me and said, I don't eat lettuce. I'm a picky eater. <laughs> Why he came up to me and told me that, I don't know, but I thought it was interesting. And I was like, oh, tell me more. It sounds like you don't like lettuce. But he had, this was his identity. This is who he was. He was not going to try lettuce because he doesn't like lettuce because he's a picky eater. One of the first things I teach in the Better Bites Piggy Eating course is to change the way you talk. Because if you're telling your child that, that's exactly what they're going to give you back. At the same time, if you say, oh, well, you haven't learned to like lettuce yet, that it's on the table in case you decide you want to try it, that's a totally different conversation then, oh, you have to try it even though you don't like it or you're picky, so I know you're not going to eat this. It's just a totally different mindset. If you say, oh, you don't like lettuce yet, just add that yet on the end. And that is worth a million dollars right there because all of a sudden you open up possibility for your child. Hey, you don't like it yet, but you might like it tomorrow. You never know. Part of this strategy is to give kids a language to use themselves. Reframe the conversation. Here's an example of what I mean. A lot of times if, if my son is around, and of course I would never ever call him picky. First of all, he'd find that completely offensive at this age. But, you know, I would say, oh, he likes to try foods a lot of different times. And my friend might hear that as, oh yeah, I could tell he's not eating. He's not eating those foods. Or he likes to look at this for a while before he decides if he's going to try it. Like we can give kids a language to talk about what they are doing right now and what they're experiencing without minimizing it or saying that something that's not true. We can give them language to say, oh yeah, I'm just deciding whether or not I'm going to eat it. And I decided not to try it today, right? 
when we say that, we're still saying, hey, tomorrow you might decide to to try it. The next strategy is to focus on a variety of different kinds of exposures to food. Experiencing a food many, many times is one of the most important factors in kids learning to like new foods and to expanding their diet. And you don't have to eat the food. There's a lot that goes into trying a food. And we have two occupational therapists on the Kids Eating Color team. And they always say, everything goes, you're tasting, you're touching, you're smelling, you're trying to chew and swallow and breathe. You're doing all these things. That's what goes into taking a bite of food and swallowing it. For some kids, they're going to need a lot more time to be able to do all of those things and tolerate the taste, touch, smell, feel, all of that stuff before they're ready to actually put something in their mouth and chew it. So I like to start with no pressure exposures, like get a book on carrots. There is an interesting study out there that I read several years ago that just compared kids who had read the book before they were shown a carrot and kids who hadn't. And it actually, for kids who read the book about carrots before they saw the carrot at daycare the, later that day, they ate more of it, right? Little things can be exposures. It doesn't mean that's going to solve your child's extreme picky eating, but it also won't hurt it. It all is going to add up over time. So reading a book, seeing it on the table, taking your child to the grocery store and pointing out the carrot, saying, oh, do you see that carrot? It's orange. You're not saying, hey, that there's that carrot. Should we take it home and cook it and you know force feed it to you at dinner, right? We're not making that connection for them. We're just saying, hey, look, that's orange. We're using the child where they're at help them become more comfortable with foods. And then eventually, you know, that carrot's going to end up on the table. And you might say, hey, I'm going to sing into my carrot microphone. And they think it's funny. Now, they might also pick up their carrot and turn it into a microphone. They might not. But I have seen my child eat more broccoli because we play the game, what color is the bird in my tree? Or did you hear the bird singing in my tree? And engaging that imagination really can help a child become comfortable. And once they're comfortable, they can actually start eating. I tried this the other day with a patient. She said she doesn't like veggies. And I asked if she had checked her broccoli for birds. She loved this idea. And she was so excited to go home and get some broccoli and check it out. I don't know if she'll eat it, but if she just picks up the broccoli, I'd call that a win. It's just one small step in a series of exposures that will get her to try more foods. And the goal is to get a child to have as many exposures with a single food as you can possibly provide. One of the easiest ways to do this is to make food fun. Go ahead, call tomatoes moon squirters, cut food into fun shapes, use skewers, whatever it takes. Be silly. cookie cutters. I just have to say, before I had children, when I was a great parent, I saw some parents doing things like cutting food into shapes. And I thought, oh, I would never. (laughs) I would never. (laughs) And I laughed because of course I got a picky eater and I got a kid who fell off the grocery chart and like all that stuff. Right. And then I learned, oh, 
you know, the kid who doesn't want to eat, he will eat it if it's a heart. And he will eat it if it's a star because it captures his attention. And my picky eater will try it because stars taste better. I personally have tried all the shapes and I think stars taste the best. You aren't spoiling your child or catering to them if you give them foods that are fun. In fact, there was a study, maybe maybe even more than one study about this by now, that showed kids are far more likely to eat foods that are in the shape of a cartoon character. You are catering to your child if you get up to make them something else to eat. So we'll talk about that. Eating new foods can be very stressful to a child. Your job is not to make them eat foods. Your job as a parent and as their guide is to reduce their anxiety about trying new foods. If they're scared because they don't want to eat something, a child doesn't have the grown-up adult skills to just say no or no thank you. Instead, they're going to throw a fit. Imagine yourself. You're visiting another country and the table is set with foods that you have never seen. Or remember those TV shows where people had to eat disgusting things? This is what some food feels like to kids. What's the best way to handle food refusals? First of all, my favorite set down your swords phrase is you don't have to eat it. (laughs) Because when your child doesn't have anything to push against, it's hard to have a battle. So they say, I don't want to eat it. You say, oh, you don't have to eat it. End of story. But to be fair, I am a firm believer in having something on that table that your child is generally comfortable with. And that could be absolutely anything. Anything from a vegetable they like to a to bread to maybe applesauce is at every meal where you are. Whatever the food is that your child is often comfortable with, make sure that there is one of those foods at the table. If you're not providing a food that your child is generally comfortable with, and it's all in my tradition, liver is not a food that we had a lot of, so we're not really used to that flavor. So that's like a tricky one for me, right? So if you serve me a meal just of foods that I'm learning to like, so like liver and mushrooms and let's just say liver and mushrooms, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna eat. Maybe I'll like take a, two little nibbles because I'm a mature adult, but like I'm not gonna fill, I'm not gonna be able to fill up on that. But if you also add on bread or a soup or something else that goes with the meal, I could then fill up on that and feel comfortable. I'm not going to be scared and anxious and nervous and worried and hungry all at the same time looking at that meal. I think the same is true for kids. doesn't mean you have to add on chicken nuggets to every meal, but you're going to make sure there's some element of that meal that they're going to feel comfortable with that they could fill up on. So this is the next strategy. Be sure there is something on the table that your child will eat. We don't want you to feel like a short order cook or have to get up from the table to fix something extra. So put one thing on the table and serve it family style so they can reach for the food they like. Some options are like mashed potatoes or bread. And most breads do have decent protein and nutrients in them. Rice is another option. I really like Barilla brand protein plus pasta, or you can cook rice in bone broth to add nutrients to it. Milk is another thing you can serve with a meal that will give your child something to fill up on. And the food doesn't have to match the meal. There's nothing wrong with putting cheese sticks, popcorn, or peanut butter on the table next to your chicken and veggies. When your child's older, if they're picky, go ahead and let them get up and make their own PB&J or quesadilla 
if they don't want your food, but they have to come back to the table and eat with you. These are just a few of the principles of working on picky eaters. There's a lot of resources and it takes a lot of work and time for some kids to broaden their likes. In general, picky kids don't grow up to be picky adults. The last question I asked picky eating expert Jennifer Anderson is, how do you find help for picky eating? If they're in an office setting, like speaking with their doctor, their medical provider, if there's a really serious issue, their child is not going to be maintaining their growth curve. And that's often when they're going to kind of get triggered by the the medical system or their baby is screened and there's they're deficient in iron or something like that, right? Other times it's kind of like a gut feeling on the part of the parent. And they're saying, ah, this seems worse than all my friends. This seems worse. This seems very stressful for me. The number just keeps decreasing, right? Then they may go to the pediatrician or provider and say, look, this is what's happening. What do you think? And if parents are doing that, I really recommend that they track what their child eats and how much for a week, up to a week, so that when they bring it into the provider, they can say, this is exactly what's happening. Because sometimes providers are like, yeah, well, you know, like you said, toddlers aren't going to eat very much some days. But when you have that that list of foods right in front of you, then the provider can say, oh, I can see over the course of the week, your baby did eat enough. Or you're right, there's something there. So I think going in is a good place. Other people, they go straight to social media, right? They come find me, they say, hey, <laughs> help me. You know, there's there's a variety of internet courses and things like that. But I think making sure that you're that you have checked in, that you want to make sure that your child is growing as expected. Those are really key parts of this. This is an incredibly helpful idea. If you're going to your child's doctor for a well visit and you want to talk to them about your child's eating, bring a list of foods that they usually eat. We eat many, many times a day. And if eating is stressful for your family, you have to address this. Remember, Your job as a parent is to reduce your child's stress about eating and give them opportunities to experience foods many times. This might be a scary thing for you to hear, but it is not your job to make them eat foods or get all their vitamins. It's really, it's actually quite hard to become nutrient deficient, even with the worst diet when you live in a developed country like ours. Our foods are fortified and it's extremely rare to see vitamin deficiencies. Go back and listen to episode one, called Do We Need Multivitamins? If you haven't listened to that episode yet, you'll find some good information there. Your job is also to offer the foods you want your kids to eat. Then let them decide when and how much of it they eat. And also know that it's not your fault if you have a picky eater. Just think about all the families and maybe even your own where you have one good eater and one picky eater. Some kids are just like naturally more cautious. Some kids have stronger taste buds. It can take time for some kids to learn to like foods. I mean, you wouldn't get frustrated with a 13-month-old baby if they weren't walking yet. Some skills just take a little more time to develop, and eating is no different. Thank you to Jennifer Anderson from Kids Eat in Color for sharing her wisdom and her personal experience with her own picky eater at home. If you haven't listened to our first interview, go back to last week's episode. For more from The Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to 
hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.